Hey, welcome to the Child Whisper Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle, the author of the best-selling book, The Child Whisper. Today we're talking about the real reason behind your child's bad behavior. And I want to thank my sponsor. The sponsor of today's podcast is Oceans Alive. It's a supplement that will enhance your child's brain power and brain development a lot uh, most children are suffering from a lack of micronutrients in their diet, and we're seeing an increased diagnostic condition of numerous kinds that children are experiencing due to just uh, not the best brain health. So this is something I take every day, Oceans Alive. You can check it out at thechildwhisper.com forward slash plankton. I will be taking live callers today, so call on in at 347-677-1963. And I first want to thank everyone for your incredible reception of my announcement last week. I announced last week that in the Dressing the Truth world that we included all four courses to all current course owners and that any future purchases of Dressing Your Truth courses would include all four courses. And we've been running a special on a bundle of style guides for those of you that want to purchase and invest in the other style guides to have for your family or yourself. You can purchase them for $29. You can find that information on my website, carolcuddle.com. Also, you, uh, if you've not had a chance to, as a parent, watch my Evening with Carol, if you saw last week's Evening with Carol, give me some hearts and likes on my Facebook viewers right now and you really enjoyed hearing the stories of the young women that participated. We, I had a large group of my expert staff invite their daughters ranging in age from 5 to 29 to share their experience and how knowing their type, how energy profiling and dressing their truth has been a life changer. It's very powerful and every mother should watch this for the reason that you're even you know, most of us have daughters. For those of you that don't, you're able to understand the value, first of all, why a child's energy type, the knowledge of knowing their true nature is such an advantage in today's world to help them grow with and establish confidence without having to learn to be confident, but just to grow in confidence. So watch Evening with Carol. It's on the website right now. But I want to talk about that topic today, the real reason behind your child's bad behavior. And I really think at the crux of this is a child not trusting their true nature, that they're stressed. Bad behavior is a secondary effect of a stressed child. There's some stress in their life. And that stress is either being accommodated by them shutting down or acting out. And so we either shut down and we stop trusting ourselves. That was my experience as a child. I was repressed. I shut down. I didn't act out. I was scared. I shut down. And I was very just careful of my scenarios. Now, so children will go one way or the other. They'll either start to shut down and repress themselves or they'll act out. The younger we go on the, the, the age scale, because children haven't had the ability to come up with conscious alternative, you know, they're, they're, we get to the toddler years, baby years, that what we call bad behavior 
is really stress behavior. It's a byproduct of a stress. And so let's look at the, each of the four types very quickly to say what could be causing them stress. And I want for any of you that are adults to examine yourselves to say most of my listening audience are parents, regardless of the age of your children, are you, is your behavior, you know, we think of bad behavior as, um, you know, some of our bad behavior may just be unhealthy behaviors, things that are not healthy for our physical well-being, for our emotional well-being, our mental well-being, our spiritual well-being. So let's even broaden that understanding of bad behavior not just doing something naughty, but something that's counterproductive to our well-being. So in the type one world, we have a light, buoyant energy. What is canceling that out, stifling it? Where are they feeling heavy? And their behavior, anything that we consider a negative or bad behavior as an acting out, it's because they're feeling pressed, pressed upon, heavy. Do they feel an overall lightness and buoyancy in their day-to-day -day life? Are they feeling overly structured and boxed in and heavy? Type 2, they all feel stressed if they're being pushed too hard. They're being driven. They've got too much going on in the day. Everything is just one thing, the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. The pace is too much. So, yeah, we'll see this as type 1 bad behavior could be... Uh, just being difficult, bossy, um, mood swings, a lot of mood swings, erratic mood swings. Type 2 bad behavior could be a lot of whining, resistance, can come across stubbornness. Now, type 3, just no, stopped a lot. Stop. There's not this sense of being able to engage activity on their own willfulness. Stopped, stifled. Uh, is there, are they being, they'll push back now. Bad behavior looks like pushing back, countering that stifled feeling. Could be talking back, pushing back with words, pushing back with getting louder. And type four, is there enough solitary time? Is there enough stillness in their life? Are they being required to be a part of things where it's just overwhelmingly just too much going on day to day? And their bad, be their bad behavior can look, you know, and I'm using that word bad to get your attention. You know, I just, it's stressed behavior. They're stressed. They're not living true to themselves. That will come as isolation and try trying to create that solitariness by disconnecting, being, not wanting to be a part of things, not wanting to be a part of the family, or being overly critical, being critical coming into being more of a know-it-all, you know, saying, no one's listening to me, so I'm going to just be really strong in my opinion. So I don't feel respected here. And so what's going on with your child? I had a quote last week on my Facebook page that I absolutely love that it's like, and I'll say it ad lib here, before child whisper, um, how do I get my child to stop whining? After child whisper, what's the reason my child keeps whining. What's going on that's causing them to be so, to be whining? And we can include in this also sleep, diet, and just overall physical activity. And each type has different variables with that. We just did a sleep tendency series. Highly, highly recommend you listen to that. So your children are getting quality sleep.
So we won't get into that today. But is your child being supported in living true to their nature? Are you living true to yours? Is your behavior being influenced by this imbalance that's you're stressed? You're stressed. And so you can't be in your most cooperative mood, most uplifting, just content self. It ease self. So check out those variables. I'm going to do a... Uh, we looked at the Child Whisper editorial calendar coming up for next year, and we're going to do one on, we're going to hit the eating, eating tendencies. We'll do a whole series on that. But the general, general message here is the real reason behind your children's bad behavior is stress. They're stressed, and this is a way to relieve the stress. It's an acting in or acting out. There's not a set point of balance. And so you either go to one extreme or the other, shutting down or acting out. Where's your child? Where's that? Uh, and, and is it true to their nature? Type twos and type fours will more often be, are they moving into their secondary energy more than is healthy for them? Are they living in that? I lived in mine. I lived in my secondary energy in my family environment when people were around. I'd go into very silent, um, quiet mode, observation. I just watched. I didn't interact. So those are some guidelines for you to tune in. Be that child whispering parent to what's, rather than just look at how do we correct the bad behavior, what's a, how is, are, is my child stressed? What's going on that's causing stress in their life that's fueling this behavior. Go to that point, correct that, and then watch the behavior change. And there may be some things you need to do to influence behavioral modification because behavior can be learned, but make sure it's appropriate to their type, their energy type, and their age. Real simple example of what I'm talking about here is an eight-year-old type one can learn to sit still at a restaurant for a reasonable period of time, 45 minutes an hour. A type three one-year-old, that's not a behavioral training that's appropriate for that type and that age. So make sure that your behavioral training and the influence, the behavioral modification that you're choosing and behavioral training you're choosing is appropriate for their type and their age, and then you'll see success. And children want, as I continue to say, children want to be cooperative because they seek validation and love and affirmation from their parents, and cooperation gets them that. Don't require them to change who they are to get a false sense of validation based on what you think who they should be. Learn who they are and validate the truth of who they are and raise them to be successful human beings who are compassionate, caring, and offer goodwill to the planet. And they will, because that, I believe, is innate in every human being. We're going to keep the show going. Right um, on my podcast, you can look in, those of you watching on Facebook can click on a link in the copy. I'm going to share a success story from a type two mom and I've also got my first question that came in, how can I help my type three daughter overcome throwing tantrums when asked to do chores? 
and uh, we'll get into some specific behavioral issues and I'll give some feedback. So call in or click on the link above in the copy and we'll keep it going. And if you've got a question, give me a call. I'll be taking questions today. So the success story that came in. Hey, welcome to the channel Whisper Talk. Hang on there. The, question, the success story that came in, thanks for your patience as I switch gears here. Kathy, type two, I was going to teach class to some women. I thought my six-year-old daughter, a type one, would give me a funny one-liner I could use. So I asked her, what should I teach the women in my class? Her answer, teach them the four types. I asked, why should I teach them the types? She almost rolled her eyes with how obvious the answer seemed to be to her. Because then they would get their kids and be as happy as we are. Oh, that's so heartwarming. I love that. Oh, how wonderful is that? You know, their children can be that happy, that successful, that amazing. So let's get into some specific behaviors that parents want help with. We've got a question that I just um, alluded to. How can I help my type 3 daughter overcome throwing tantrums? When asked to do chores, I discovered my daughter throws tantrums when I stop her energy rather than redirect it. As I have worked on redirecting tantrums now, happen only at chore time. She says her friends don't have to do chores. I pay her to clean. I've reduced the amount of toys to make cleaning easier. I have set clear rules and time frames, but she still throws herself on the ground when asked to do help. When asked to help. The, her daughter's seven years old and the mom's a type two. Um, well, I'm seeing you've done a lot of great things to shift this, so congratulations for doing that. Uh, that's really awesome. What I also now suggest her is really enroll her even, even more. As a seven-year-old, you, you explain that you're paying her to clean. That's nice. What if she was to lose some of that money for every five minutes? She, I know with my daughter who shared a story I recently shared here on the podcast that uh, she needed a break from her type three little boy who was a toddler at the time and she gave him rest rocks. And for every time he was, um, his behavior was negative or contradictive, you know, he wasn't staying in his room, he wasn't cooperating, she'd take a rock away. And those rocks added up to a value that he could exchange for different experience. So he was losing now. So that could be an incentive to say, well, okay, for every, you know, minute that you're throwing a tantrum, you're going to lose this much of your pay. All right. Be more direct with her. My sense is you're still, I watch um, Katie, Anne has gotten really good about just being direct to the point with Katie when she's going off instead of trying to emotionally engage with her. You know, you may be approaching it more of your type two-ness, mom's a type two. She may be trying to enroll her to calm her down emotionally. Just get to the point, tell her, here's the deal. You're going to lose this uh, amount of money with your tantrums. For, so it's up to you. Figure it out. And then you could also enroll her in, I'm seeing you also, let's see, as I worked on redirecting tantrums now happen on late turn. She says her friends don't have to, well, it doesn't matter what her, those are just tactics on her part trying to work you. Where has she been successful in that in the past that she should use? And that is a, a manipulative effort to say she's going to drag this out. Let her lose the money. I think that will work probably pretty well. Say, 
It's on her clock then. Okay. Um, and then give her a, maybe at seven years old to just say, how much more could you enroll her in when the, you know, she gets to choose when they're going to get done. You got, you got an hour. When in this hour are you going to do it? What, what can she be choosing? And I think that'll help. Be interesting to hear. I'd love to hear back from you on that one. And if you're calling in, you can call in at 347-677-1963. Make sure you hit the number one on your phone. I've got my first um, live caller, Alyssa. Hi, how are you? Hello. Hi, good. Thank you. Okay, thanks for tuning in today and calling in. You've got a type four little baby who's refusing a bottle and not eating. Yeah, she's six months old. Um, we've been struggling for about a month and a half now with her actually gaining weight, but she's very, very long. So she's a very tall, skinny baby. Um, my question is, how can I support her when she refuses? She only wants to nurse. My supply is diminishing as it did with my previous children. Um, okay. How can I get her the food she needs when I can't physically nurse her? In that moment, to, whether I'm uh, there or not. Um, you, and she's going to show her preferences, you know, just on consistency. So that's what you're seeing right. here. And she does probably have a more linear body, you know. That's why mm -hmm. supermodels tend to be dominant type fours or secondary fours. <laughs> they're pencils. They're long and thin. And uh, the uh, have you talked to a um, gestation specialist? To a, ever talked to, to a, ge a gestation specialist for nursing? Oh, like a, like a lactation? Oh, a lactation, lactation specialist. I mean. Lactation. Um, uh, <laughs> I have not, um, but she's my third baby, and I've talked to lots of doctors, but I haven't actually gone to like, the lactation. I would guess that they know a lot of tricks to make that okay. shit, you know, to get convinced, you know, maybe it could be subtle things over time that just kind of bring her into that, you know, where a lactation mm -hmm. specialist would have those tricks because they've seen so much of the variables. Okay. I'm happy to do I that. There's a specialist knowing in that her. area, you know. If as knowing her type four nature, is there anything that you think you would say that I should do to help her in that? Should I just let well, her the way and she's not hungry? Talk to someone that's going to give you some. Um, if you've got this, is just something she needs to learn to take a bottle. What are knowing her having an opinion and going no, I refuse. Mm -hmm. You know, you know all that, so it's just working within that and. I really think the lactation specialist would give you some options that you would find. My sense is it's kind of a, it's, see, to me, would she prefer a real black and white transition? Maybe you have to just go to bottle. See what I'm saying? Because it's, like, confusing. Mm -hmm. What are we doing here? Which okay. one? And I, if I can see that. And taking your operette, you know, if your supply is shrink, you know, maybe that would be, it's more clear cut. There's not this choice anymore. Mm -hmm. And does she need to be taking the bottle from someone else? Because when she's with you, and you know, initially, like at night or sometime when there's, you mm -hmm. know, I'm saying another person, no, she I, has yeah, a sensory connection my with husband, you. Yeah, she gets breath. very angry when my husband does it. <laughs> well, you know, it's okay. 
Let her work that out and say, well, we're not giving you another option here. <laughs> okay. It may look a little bit like a, a control thing, like a fight a little bit, you know. It's like, who's going to win out here? Well, we are. We're bigger. <laughs> okay. It may come down to that. No, I wouldn't be afraid of that. I don't think she's going to be stubborn on some fronts, and you're going to have to put your foot down many, many times in her life and just say it's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is. You know, that's not in your best interest. It's the way it is. Okay. That makes sense. Good luck. Thank you very much. Got Angie calling in. It's type four mom or a three. So you've got an 11 year old who fidgets, outbursts, and struggles in class. Yes. Hi, Carol. Um, Are you there? I am. I'm. I'm. Are you the type four? Yes. What was that? Are you a type four, mom? Yeah, I believe I am, but I vacillate between that and three. Oh, well, they're vastly different. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. I'm trying to figure out if one is overdeveloped. You know. Yeah. Second, overdeveloped secondary, or if it's the primary. But yeah. No, but my my 11 year old. I have three boys, and my oldest is 11, and he's a type two, and I'm pretty confident of that. And he has actually watched a lot of your videos and read part of the Child Whisper, and he's pretty confident he's a two also. Mm-hmm. Um. We're not sure on his secondary, but what I notice is that he gets very—he has a hard time controlling energy. He'll get useless, fidgety energy, and where he'll blurt things out in class and stuff too. Um, and he has said, "It bothers me that I do this, but I don't know how to stop it." So then it, I was thinking, "Well, is he? Are we mistyping him, or is there an out somewhere out of balance, or is this his secondary playing in?" Well, there could be some, I highly recommend Dr. Amen's um, book on ADD and ADHD because it sounds like a brain issue where there's a lack of filtering. Okay. And it's a, um, you'll learn about that, that there's just this need, this kind of like this not pre-thinking it and things will, and so that, that's where that phytoplankton that I promote so heavily, the marine phytoplankton really helps with the brain and its development. And so it could be that he's either um, a dominant type one or a secondary type one, but that says to me there's some uh, need to bring supplement for the brain because that's a filtering. Yeah. And we have, he does have an extremely sensitive system and we have had to do a lot of nutrition work with him mm-hmm. and he is on a modified diet. So that's always been in the back of our minds that is it, is it more of that that needs to be addressed? Yeah. This is a super rich nutrient rich product. You just don't find in, you'd have to take a lot of stuff to get what's in this one thing. So okay. Do you know if there's any is there any fish product in that? Do you know? Well, it's pure phytoplankton. That's all it is. Okay. Okay. Pure 100% marine phytoplankton. So that's, I don't know if they're, there are little things that swim around. <laughs> yeah. Whales eat it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I'll have no, to research it more. Okay. Maybe fish. He has an EpiPen for fish. <laughs> 
You might have a funky, okay. you know, you got to put it in some, you don't take it straight out of the bottle. I, you know, I diluted some water, but for kids, I suggest you put in some diluted apple juice or something, cover it. You can mask okay. it pretty easily. Okay. So, but it is something that's kind of that long, what we call the long tail in nutrition, meaning it's repetitive consistency over time has big, big benefits. Yeah. Now, where okay. medication yeah. can be more of a quicker fix, this has more long-term um, results for people. So check it, check that out. Yeah, thanks okay. for calling in. I've got another email question. It says, why is my type 2 teen having angry outbursts at her type 1 brother? My teen daughter is a type 2, 3. Her type 1 younger brother seems to really push her buttons at times. She really yell, she will yell at him and has even thrown something on occasion. This seems outside her character in comparison to her interactions with everyone else. She does get mouthy with me sometimes, but has never yelled or had any angry outbursts. This is common with the type 2 secondary 3. I mean, this typed her. How do I support her? Well, she could just be stressed by this um, younger brother, and if he knows how to enroll her by getting a, a reaction out of her, that's another thing I was going to mention that I learned from Dr. Eamon's um, material is from, I just finished his book, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, that children with frontal lobe issues, their frontal lobe's not working, so they've got to get a rise out of someone, cause a reaction in someone in order to get the frontal lobe engaged. And type 1 and I believe type 3 children probably have more of this tendency with their frontal lobe. And they're trying to stimulate brain activity. And she's getting picked on. And my sense is she's just annoyed. She wants to be respected by him. But not, she'd probably like to have a more loving, she would like him to be more sensitive and then have a more loving, connected relationship that he makes it difficult for her. So I think the opportunity presents itself that you talk to the younger brother. And, and how his behavior could change with her and the opportunity that's there for him to, you know, have a relationship with his older sister. So what can you do with the younger brother to help him get some insights and see that that behavior is not supportive of his sister? My next caller is Allie. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for calling in. You have a type 3 nine-month-old. That's right. She just turned nine months yesterday. Okay. Um, I wanted to say thank you. uh, Well, I want to say thank you for the child whisperer, first of all, because she's my first daughter. She's my first child, and I'm just so happy to have this information as I start to parent. And it's been so huge knowing – it's been so huge knowing – her need to be outdoors. That, that's just huge, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm glad you even see that as a baby, that that benefits her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So my question is, I, I know that she needs challenges, and I want to um, allow her to have those challenges, but um, ever since she was very, very little, so it's not a phase thing, um, she's needed me to be physically close to her all the time, and she gets very um, emotional and sad if I leave the room or even go a few um, steps away. And so, but when I'm with her, she tends to want my help for everything and gets sad and emotional if she can't do the thing and I don't help her. (laughs) So um, how do I give her more confidence to kind of act independently um, without making her feel really insecure? Well, part of that, she's really little. She can't, she's, not she's crawling, I suppose. 
She's not. That's one of the things that she doesn't want to take the challenge to do. She really wants to walk. Uh, well, it'll happen. <laughs> I mean, she's not going to be crawling when she's 10. I mean, it's not. Right. I mean, that'll happen. Kids, I think some, you know, my my sense is it's not a, that you, she's your first child and you're probably overly concerned. Okay. I really think you're fine. Do you have um, any insight onto whether crawling needs to come before walking? Because I hear some people yeah, saying it doesn't I matter do. if she crawls, and other people are like, she really needs to crawl for her brain. No, I get her to crawl. I crawl with her to keep her crawling because it creates um, a hookup in the brain. The left and right brain right. have better communication. My oldest daughter, who I encouraged to walk too soon, she struggled with math and reading all through school. Okay. And I know that crawling, her bypassing that phase was probably an influence on that one. And so just for the brain to communicate properly, there needs to be that right, left, right, left cross um, pattern. Mm -hmm. It patterns our brain. There's a reason we crawl. If, if, yeah. it didn't, if it wasn't important in our development, then it wouldn't exist, in my opinion. We go straight to walking. Yeah. Crawling does have a, a place. And so as far as the distancing thing, I think she gets you. I think she knows how to work you. Type three children are really strong, and so they're pretty demanding. And you got to be yeah. willing to let her have her fits and not comply to them. Because otherwise okay. she's going to be running you around for a long time. Right. You're type one, and you're like, oh, I want her to be happy. Exactly. You know, I want to light her up. Let her, let her, let her have some attitude, but don't, don't give into it. Because Okay. She's going to be demanding of you, and if you keep adapting to her demands, you know, this is just showing itself yeah. early on in the whole wanting to be close to you constantly. Just, you know, make sure you leave her with baby, a good babysitter, someone she knows, because she knows you're not always yeah. there. Yeah. She'll probably have a fit, and then once you're gone, she'll be like, fine. <laughs> yeah, and that's how she is with babysitters, so that's yeah. true. Yeah. It's just... You're establishing your relationship kind of um, unspoken protocols. And type 2 children will start demanding things of their type 1 and type 2 parents, and mothers especially, and you give in. Mm -hmm. You've got to hold your own with these kids. They have, they're very determined. Okay. Thank you. That's very helpful okay, just to have the encouragement <laughs> to let her throw the fit. So. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for calling in. My next Thank email you. question that came in uh, was from a mom who writes, I'm a teacher. That's well, from a teacher. I'm a teacher of a failing type 1 10th grader. I teach math and my 10th grade student is failing. She can't sit still, although I allow her to leave class when necessary. And she disrupts the class by calling out random things or chewing food loudly. I've tried encouraging her when she has small successes, but she has a hard time asking for help, although she has a private tutor as well. And she seems to be choosing to fail. How can I help her? Really want to help her, give her parents a copy of the book, have a parent-teacher conference, just say, um, here's a book that's really helped me if you'd like to read it. There's things that, uh, there needs to be other things happening with the parents' understanding in order for you to be successful. You don't influence her for a long enough period of time for you to make up that difference so that she's able to manage her type one 
self in a setting where she needs to focus. And so she's just kind of all over the place with her energy. It's very sporadic, and that's happening because she doesn't have parents. She's not grounded. She's not getting grounded in her body, present. And it's happening because she doesn't, it's just not, life isn't fun and light for her. So this is a type one's way of disconnecting and to just kind of be uh, scattered, energetic, energetically scattered. So, you know, if you really, or you just have to move them along and just say, I, I can't make up for the parents. Um, I can't make up, you can't, you can make, you can make an impact, but not always make up the difference. Meaning, you can recognize and validate a child that they'll have some recollection and some sense of of um, affirmation from you. But can you always make up the difference for what's happening in a home or for what parents are not consciously coming? You know, parenting from a more conscious place of their child's true nature. You can't always do that, and and. You can do what you can do, and you have to just pray in behalf that more good will show up in that child's life. But if you feel it's correct, share a copy of the book. If these are really, if they're meeting with you, they're paying for tutors and all that, it sounds to me that, I don't know if they're meeting with you, but if she has a tutor, maybe you've created that. Maybe you're the one. Maybe you're more invested than the parents. If the parents are invested at all, they'd be open to your feedback because they're looking for answers as well. My next live caller is Heather. Welcome to the show. Hi, Carol. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you have a type 3 daughter, 5-year-old. Yes, and she is a handful. (laughs) You're a type 3 also. Yeah, and you know what? My husband is too, although our secondaries are different. Yeah, he's a four. I'm a one secondary. And I have a poor, I shouldn't say poor because now I know how to honor her, but I have an older daughter who's eight who's a type two. And I am so grateful for this work because I am, you know, learning the tools to really honor her in this type three dominant household. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, my five-year-old, you know, just an example on the weekend, we were getting ready to go out for a family hike and, um, you know, we weren't going to make it too intense, but we are aware of the fact that we all need fresh air and exercise, especially for us type threes. But even my type two daughter was keen. Well, my five-year-old type three just had a fit because she didn't want to go. And it lasted a really long time, over an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And, you know, it kind of ruined the day in a lot of ways for the rest of the family. But we persevered and we went. And halfway through it, you know, it was along the ocean. It was gorgeous. She's throwing rocks in the water saying, well, this isn't so bad after all. And we're the, the other family members are ready to wring her neck, you know, just thinking, you put us through all that. We're finally here, and of course you love it. We know you need this, right? But it happens regularly, and I don't, I don't know what we're doing wrong. <laughs> Was she pre- rested or uh, rest and diet come into mind to me when a child well, is just so? Yeah, right, we know. started. Yeah. 
Yeah, we started the Oceans Alive not quite two weeks ago, and I've been giving her, I'm not even sure how many I should be giving her, actually. I've been giving her five drops a day. It's Um, one drop for every 10 pounds. It's a one to 10 ratio. Okay, okay. Well, I'm overdoing it by a drop, maybe. She's about 13. She's eh, 35, 40. I might be overdoing it a oh, bit, but yeah, she's probably detoxing on you. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. No, but I, I've only been doing it for about a week and a half, and um, my type two daughter saying, "Mom, did you give her? Did you give her the stuff today? Come on!" <laughs> you know, because everybody wants a shift. Her sleep is fairly good, but she kind of just wakes up angry, you know, and and. Uh, it's yeah. fairly consistent. So, you know, maybe the Ocean's Alive will kick in. I'm aware of diet. She's really fussy and determined and, you know, just it's hard to get her to eat healthy. But, you know, I'm slipping greens in the smoothies and sort of doing everything I can. So aside from yeah. that, we just kind of force her <laughs> to just come along and it ends up working out. But, you know, I worry yeah, that it's really... everyone out in the process. Well, yeah. I said type 3 kids have to grow into their energy. And between like age two to, to, you know, you're on that cusp of it starting to shift where they start to manage their behavior differently because they're aware of it um, Mm -hmm. and they make some more conscientious choices, but you're kind of just on that other side of that. And it's just part of the experience with these kids until they get more independent of you, you know, because yeah. They depend, rely on you so much, but then they just struggle with that a little bit. So you're probably, you're a type three, so you know that. You're doing, you've definitely shifted the generational experience for the type three females of your family because I doubt your parents dealt with you at the level of awareness you're dealing with your daughter, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just a feeling of a lot of stuff for generations of misunderstanding and she could be going yeah. through a little bit of a detox. Yeah, yeah, and she, yeah, 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 maybe. And she just started kindergarten. I mean, it's two months in now, but there have been a lot of changes in her life. She's doing well, yeah. but, you know, that might be coming home, just the having to sit still and be good all day at school. Yeah, <laughs> So. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to really be concerned. It's just take a deep breath and everybody dig in, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're yeah. a 31, you have a lot of energy, so good. You're well matched for the job. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. I am, which is why we, you know, my and my husband, too, I mean, he could live outdoors. He's a 3-4, but he's that calm outdoor presence, and you know, he said, I, I, we're, we're going outside today. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> you know, it was sort yeah. of like, <laughs> so it all worked out. But, okay, well, I'll just keep plugging along and 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 ease, ease down on the Oceans Alive a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it'll last you longer, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank, Thank you, call. Carol. My last caller is Beth Ann. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, Carol. Hi, you're a type three as well, and you have a type mm-hmm. four son who's seven. Mm-hmm. He has um, a secondary three energy, and I find being a type three, it's easy to praise 
what is type three in him? And I, I mean, that's easy to understand because I'm a type three myself and I enjoy that, that kind of thing, you know, being active mm-hmm. and being outdoors, but he has some nail biting that he's been doing. Uh-huh. And I'm just thinking um, that maybe he's not having enough stillness in his life. I mean, what could I do about this? Was that something that's been in your family, nail biting? Have you seen it in your no, family? Um, in my family, yes. My my sister, who was type 4, had a lot of nail biting. Um, uh-huh. And he's the only one who who does that in my family. So Yeah, because I noticed, you know, I, I actually, my um, nail biting was something, it was more nail picking and nail biting I did. But then I was in a really traumatic childhood environment. And yeah. then my granddaughter, who's the same type as me, she's had the same picking tendency. And so when okay. Anna and I chatted about it, we approached it more as a generational pattern rather than just hers. Mm. It's all passed mm-hmm. over. That it's, um, it's a tricky thing because the more you draw attention to it, the more it can, more problematic yeah, it can I, be. I have not really talked about it. Yeah, this isn't something that I've brought attention to. I just noticed, yeah. you know, again, that that was happening. And I said, you know, I'd really like it if um, you used fingernail clippers instead of tearing off or instead of biting your nails. So, you know, I gave him what I would like for him to use. But well, what, also, what, I mean, what did you say? What did he, how did he respond to that? He didn't say much. He's... He can be yes, I, I would suggest if it's a real concern, you treat it like a real concern, and in a private setting, just okay. say, I'm, a con- I'm really concerned about this. Because okay. when you're really concerned about something as a parent, and you bring it up in kind of a matter, you know, sort of a, oh, and by the way, they're still reading here, but I'm really concerned about this energy. So it didn't, doesn't yeah. work. Because they're kind of going, okay. okay, that was weird. Because they're feeling this underlying. <laughs> current of, okay, I'm really concerned, but I want you to think I'm just sort of, oh, by the way, and just thought I'd share, you know, sort of by <laughs> okay. passing, I'd like to just share with you, especially as a type four, it's like, okay, let's sit down and have a serious conversation. I want to have a serious conversation okay. with you. I want to do it in private. Mm-hmm. And I want, you know, I'm concerned about your nail biting. And it's something that's mm-hmm. happened, people do in our family. And find us way to stop doing it. Maybe it's putting something on it. Maybe he's not even conscious of himself doing it. You know what I'm saying? You just got to break the mm. pattern. Right. We did. I right. had Annie started doing tapping on clearing it for Katie because Katie was too little Okay. to do it. Mm-hmm. So she okay. was doing it in proxy. Do you belong All to right. my heat, my lifestyle? Do you belong to the lifestyle yes. membership? Yeah, I'm very So you've been learning with the different that. tapping protocols. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yes. But I have a serious yes, chat with him rather than a just in passing thing. Okay. And see Perfect. how like, work it out. With, you know, come together with him in collaboration to work out a solution. Great, great. That's a great idea. Oh. I I have to share with you. He comes home from school and he naturally does grounding. He will come home and before he comes in the house, he just sits on the grass. Oh, that's cool. He just does strong to do that. I, he that's is. Awesome. He is. And he says, this is what I do every day. I just sit on the grass for a few minutes that's before cool. coming in. I'm like, okay, 
you know That's who great. you are, right? So, I love that. well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in today. A few announcements as we wrap up today's show. I'm going to be in Orlando on December 6th with my daughter and daughter-in-law. You can go to my facebook.com slash Carol Tuttle page and click on the events section and get a link to Eventbrite where it's $25 to register. We hope to meet you in Orlando. Thanks again to my sponsor, Oceans Alive at childwhisper.com slash plankton. You can read last week's child, listen to, read the show notes and listen to last week's podcast. It's up on my blog, my website, Does Your Child Know and Accept Themselves. It's very much connected to today's topic of the real reason behind your child's bad behavior. Does your child really know and accept themselves? I probably should have done those in reverse order, but it's the way they came out as far as the series of the shows. But hey, you've got them both. To listen to today's show and last week's show. You can also subscribe to the Child Whisperer on iTunes, iTunes.com slash Carol Tuttle. Thanks for all of your great parenting efforts. You are raising amazing children because you're amazing parents. And why are you amazing parents? Because you're willing to listen and learn. Thanks for signing up for my weekly newsletter at CarolTuttle.com. I'll talk to you again in the next Child Whisperer podcast.